Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another very fun episode. I have been fortunate enough to interview many past cast members to learn about the inner workings of cats, but I promise to continue to bring you a wide range of cats content. And today we have a great guest who is also a big cats fan. Ryan Lasala is a published fantasy author whose first book, Reverie, digs into what happens when your dreams chase you back. Reverie has received a lot of press, including the January 2020 Young Adult Book Club pick for Barnes and Nobles, and the Amazon's Best of the Month Editors pick. But I plan to discuss absolutely nothing from that today. Instead, if you look at Ryan's bio, the last line says, "Ryan loves cats." The musical. Unironically, and that is why I welcome him today. Ryan, welcome to the Wrong Cat Died, and thank you for joining me. I am so excited to be here. This is a dream come true for me. So let's start with how did you become so obsessed with the musical that it ended up in your bio? Oh gosh, it's become one of those things where like the more people tell you not to do it, the more it becomes like definitive of of who you are. And I'm like a very spiteful person, and so as I've gotten like pushback against this, it's just become something that I've like loved being obsessed with. But the way that I found my way into it was, and okay, and I've like talked to other people that have kind of similar stories, but、um, the gist of it is that like I'm a musical theater gay. Like I've been in the theater scene for a long time, not professionally or anything like that. But like I've grown up around musicals, and yet despite that, I just never knew anything anything about Cats. No one could tell me anything about Cats, or you could have told me anything about Cats, and I wouldn't have been surprised because I just didn't know anything about it.、Uh, and then in like my like mid twenties, I was with a friend who was living in New York, and another friend had told me that like if there was one thing that I did. While I was in New York, it should be get as drunk as possible and go see cats. <laughs> and she wouldn't give me like any additional detail, but she had that sort of like moony eyed like look to her of like someone who's like really like seen some shit. Oh, actually, sorry. Can we swear? You can. You can swear. Absolutely. All right. So she just looked like completely shell shocked from her own experience, and like I am always looking for that. Like I'm a fantasy author. I am looking for like the weird and bizarre in every day, anyways. And I did think it was weird that like I've been in so many shows and yet like could not tell you a thing. 
about cats. And so my friend was really resistant to it um, when I proposed that we enter the, the lottery. And we had entered, you know, every lottery. And of course, the only one that we won was the the cat's lottery. And my friend was like so upset by this. Like he's like, we've got like this one day that you're here and you want to go see cats. And I was like, look, I will pay for your ticket, but I'm telling you there is something big behind that curtain. We have to go do it. And like, this is someone who's like in shows with me as well, also doesn't know anything about cats. And we both come from like theater families. No one knows anything. So we we go. I I fully pay for his ticket and um, we stopped at our liquor store on the way and had like, I don't know, like mimo- it was like it was like a day show too. It was like a matinee on like a Sunday. And we had some drinks ahead of time and then got there and like it was just so funny right away. Like we are the people that go and get like the commemorative cups that are like a bazillion dollars just because they're like funny to have. And, you know, fast forward to like years from now, all the cups in my apartment are like cat's cups from the show. And like, I like (laughs) have looked up recipes for like the Jellicle juice drink that they sold. Like this is like a thing now. Um, But we, we just ended up in the audience, like just giddy with excitement, very drunk um, before the show even started. And then, you know, the lights go down and the show begins and, you know, thus began like two hours of just like complete theatrical and narrative foolishness that I honestly had like the best time of my life. Like I remember we hit intermission and usually at intermission, like I do that, like, do I leave? Do I stay type of thing? And I just remember thinking in my seat, I was like so content because I had an entire second half of the show left to go. Like I just, I, I was like, how often do you get to pause in the middle of like a roller coaster to just be like, oh my god, I have a second half of a roller coaster coming. Like that's how I felt, and it's just become like a thing thereafter. So, yeah, my friends are all. I've like now I'm like literally evangelical about it. I try to get everyone that I know to like go. Well, I tried before coronavirus, before the <laughs> revival shut down. But anytime someone like brings it up, I like basically launch into a speech about how much I love it and why, and that's why being on this podcast feels awesome so was this the 2016 revival that you went mm-hmm. yep it's Correct. crazy because i had you know fairly similar I, but i was not warned to go get drunk yeah um, i was just told go um yeah. and, I, and i went and i'm not from a major theater background i mean okay. you know, that's that's I, I enjoy them i've been a fan i i especially since living in new york I, I went to a lot but um i had not seen most of the classic shows and this was of course the one i started with um <laughs> oh no and, and it was uh an experience matinee again but totally sober and just i was not prepared for what i was uh what i experienced you couldn't be there's no there's no pre there's no preparation i think that any human can go through to like go to that without like a fair amount of of warning so now how many times have you seen it since <laughs> so i saw it three times that year wow the okay. revival. yeah it became like a thing like basically every time now so now i live in manhattan but at the time i was just visiting so i work in publishing obviously so i was coming for like events and stuff like that mm-hmm. and my entire visit would be like yeah book publicity stuff but then also when are we gonna go see cats and we would like bring other people with us it was like this like weird like cultish induction where we'd like find someone who'd never seen it like one of our mutual friends and we'd like make all of our friends enter the lottery like get someone to go like and i just remember like one particular time it was like the middle of winter and we got our friend like lauren to come along with us and the only place that we could find to like eat ahead of time was that like guy fieri restaurant and like we're surrounded by like <laughs> flavor town memorabilia and i was just like this feels right like i feel like the unreality of cats is like spreading into like other areas of my life and so yeah we went three times and then one of my friends the friend the, the original friend that went and saw it and got me to see it we also went to the national tour <laughs> okay so you've seen it now four times total i've seen it four times and i How got many? to yeah four times 
how many times have you seen the 1998 movie? Because you're once. not like the no, not once. Not once. No. Wow. What about Although the new I movie? I am wearing a shirt from it. Oh, you do. Yeah, I thought I'd dress up. I uh, I just ordered a cat's mask, so I'll be ready for um, cool. be able to go outside. I did I did pull the trigger on that. Uh, but, I love that. That's incredible. But so so you've never okay. So most almost everyone I talked to was either in a production or obsessed from the movie or for from some other reason. You're a recent obsession, and yeah. you've kind of gone all in in the past couple of years. Very much so. Very much so. It was so new to me. I completely have like the point of view of like a spectator. Um, someone who's just like absorbed it for the first time, like as an adult. So when the trailer came out for the new movie, how many text messages did you get? Hundreds. It's all people talked to me about for a very <laughs> long time. I had to like turn off my mentions. It was too much. Um, but you know, at the same time, like exciting. Cause I would like, I knew what the world was going to like inherit when like cats, the movie came out. Cause I knew suddenly like all these people were going to be like inducted into this like weird new club that I felt like I would had been like waving a banner around for, for, for like a very long time. So I was very excited by that. And I actually even got invited to like a, one of those like early screenings and the, um, someone who had like played one of the cats in the movie was like hosting this like very like bougie, like cats themed New York premiere. And like, I got to, I, I got invited simply because I talk about cats all the time and it was like me and all of these like really like classy ritzy like new york gays and they left me alone for like five minutes and i immediately got my face painted like i tried every single cat snack yeah. that they had and they my friends were like we can't like ryan we have to go to like an after party after this and you're literally like dressed as grisabella like we can't take you anywhere and i was like well i'm sorry like you invited me yeah so you went to one like the week before at mm-hmm. one of the, was that a theater it was it what was it at a like an amc theater or uh a... It was at, I don't know, it was like right when I moved to New York. And so it was before I really knew what anything was. So I just like got on the subway, got off and was in the middle of like, I don't know. I felt like I was like in the middle of like Gotham going to this like dingy theater. It was great. Okay. Because I went to a press screening um, the day after the premiere, about a week before it came out. And it was at a, a large AMC theater. So it was just kind of at a yeah, big it theater. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was like and a boutique knew- theater. I knew it was going to be an interesting experience for the public when about halfway through a couple of people just lost it laughing. Yeah. And I figured if you're in the press screen and you're probably, you know, either a fan or have some relation to it and not going to sit there and be you know, right. cracking up or intoxicated right. or, you know, like you're going to take it a little bit more serious. I was told it was definitely not the case. Really? Was, oh, I'm yeah. glad. So, I so I got to experience it the, you know, I think the traditional way of like what most people were, although it seems like everyone of my friends who went, went with, there was only like four other people in the theater with them. Like it was never a sold out show and we had a sold out press screening really? or, you know, a full, really? a full theater. Right. This was, this was interesting. Cause like everyone I had, everyone around me, I think had some sort of like connection to the person that was in it. And so there was like a level of like revelry that I think okay. was like specific to my screening. I had no idea who this person was yet. I do think <laughs> second to them, I was probably the person that was like the most into it and probably like knew the most about cats going into it. And so I was like the most prepared, but, um, but yeah, the people that I was with, like, it was very funny again, after sort of seeing this like shocked expression on their face when they were like, what, like, what was that it? Like, are we serious about this? And I was like, yes, that's it. That's cats. And it was like a great thing to like revel in after. So you, okay. So let's talk about the movie. What'd you, th- what did you think? Like as a, as a fan, what was your take? <laughs> I, um, Okay. 
So the movie I I I enjoyed. I like spectacle in general. Um I have like technical notes for it. Like I think the fact that it's like this like highly CGI movie took a lot of like the like the wondrousness out of like dancers dancing, right? Because everyone sort of looks like they're made out of clay. But honestly, my like biggest criticism for the movie, which is like the inverse of everyone else's criticism, like I feel like everyone walked out of that and they were like, oh my god, I cannot believe how like horny cats was. And I was like, no, you don't understand. It's not it's not horny enough. Like that was very tame compared to like what the like staged version of the very show. Very much. Yeah. Very much. And like no one believed me. And I was like, oh yeah, like the latest in digital fur technology, more like, you know, censorship 2020. Like on stage, like you there's like nothing is left to the imagination. It's like spray painted on the body. And it's basically like two hours of like beautiful people dancing around in like lycra and that is such a heightened version of like what the the movie felt like the movie felt like somehow like less than a spectacle less okay what i mean to say is the movie somehow felt like less of a spectacle than like the actual show does and that surprised me i really thought it was going to be um a lot more bizarre the movie kind of it really depicted everything you think about cats though like it was a little bit rushed it didn't really no one really understood what was happening there was some kind of errors that maybe weren't errors but could have been errors that's why i feel sometimes when i watch it you know it's like there's a little bit of improv i think for the the characters of yeah. being able to do that and i felt maybe there was a little too much for a movie right um and right. then it just the end just still gets me with judy dench just like judy me. dench like yeah breaking yeah. The, yeah that that was quite incredible that felt like when like mugatu tries to like hypnotize um <laughs> like in like zoolander and like yeah. kill the malaysian prime minister like that's what i felt judy dench was going to tell me to do in a second yeah. i would have listened um but to memory memory is the trigger word that's triggers yeah, true. And, and it is. i will say jennifer hudson singing memory is something that like has come right out of like a fever dream for me like the second i knew that i was going to get that um i i was stated and also like for me my reaction to the movie is more like I react to like the phenomena that is cats and that sort of like surrounds it more so than the actual like storyline or like, you know, the, the like quality of cats itself. Like I just love what it does to people. <laughs> and so I got what I wanted out of it. Like I got all of these people that were like completely baffled and outraged and enlightened and like, you know, amused and entertained. And like, that's what I enjoy from like cats. I just love to witness just like the chaos that breeds into the world. I love that the, your biggest criticism is it was not horny enough. Yeah, I don't think it went far enough. Which, the if you really break down the musical, it is aggressively sexual. Yeah, like, yes, it's, yes, I agree. So I, I have a few points I want to get your take on that I've debated or just okay. kind of argued for my, my podcast from day one. And one of them mm. is that I don't think this is a a musical for children, yet there are always a lot of kids that are there. Um so my question to you is, you know, based on your feedback, exactly what you just said, do you think children should come to the show? Oh, my God. This is a rough position to be in because I'm technically a children's author. And so I have to, like, watch how I answer this. If my OK, if you're my publicist and you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. I do think it is a good show for kids, not because I want kids like witnessing the like sexy dimension of it, but because so many like gay people that I know knew that they were gay because of like watching that movie, like the cat's movie or like watching the staged show. And I think that like the storytelling in it and sort of like, just like the, the, the specificity that like is cats, I think is like probably not um, prohibitive to like children in and of itself. Though I will say that like, because of the, 
adult nature of like some of the themes yeah i can definitely see like a parent wanting to maybe take a step back but i also don't think that like a lot of that stuff like i, I think kids sort of automatically out of the things that they see and censor things that they don't really understand. Like, I don't think anyone's being introduced to intercourse by cats, right? Like, even when I was watching it, drunk off my ass, I did not know what was happening when, like, half of those things were happening. Someone had to, like, literally point it out to me because I was just like, this is beautiful. I'm watching, like, some incredible dancing. I didn't know either. And I was like, I don't know, I was like 25 when I saw it. Yeah, so I was the same way. I was, you know, late 20s and did not piece any of that together and then also it's like yeah. oh uh Buster jones is at strip clubs and this is about this you know the this cat's losing its virginity or coming of age and i'm like mm-hmm. i did not piece any of that together. i was like oh it's ballet you know like i and, and i don't yes. i know so little about dance and and broadway that i'm just sitting there going like oh like and i saw leona lewis i'm like when's she gonna sing memory like that's the only thing i knew it was the only song i knew coming and now it's like of course you know, it just seems kind of laughable when you think about all the other stuff that comes in this musical right um but at that point i'm like i i knew zero and um but i do like have when i left i was like that was a that was a lot that was a lot and there was like some like you know seven eight year old kids sitting around me yeah because it's like no matter what it's like it is a horny show right like like there's like a horniness to these people like prancing and clawing around that i think is like absolutely unavoidable but i I would say that that's true for anything where you like put gymnasts in like lycra body suits like it's just unavoidable like cirque de soleil same thing like you can't get around the factor that like these people are using their bodies and manipulating their bodies in such a way that like they're they're looking to like be evocative and and that's what i felt was missing from the the movie there was no sense of like body to these people it just looked like these like floating faces on these like you know very realistically rendered bodies but there wasn't a sense of like weight or flesh to any of it and that's why i was like oh this doesn't feel like the same sort of like deeply physical experience that the show feels like that's totally agree and then you know the human hands and the the rumored (laughs) cat's butthole like cut the butthole and, edit, right? yeah, yeah. yeah there's there was a lot again it's kind of the gift that keeps giving um this is what i mean it's like the pandora box of like cultural artifacts it's just like wild to me so how many friends have you introduced to cats every single friend that i have every single friend okay it and is, what's your yeah. what's your pitch like what's your hey you got to come you got to come see this well so previously when there was an opportunity to see it and before the movie existed and it was accessible it was just mostly like they would be like, wait, you like cats? And I was, I would, yeah, I would stick with my guns. I'd be like, yeah, I love it. And the next time we're in New York, like, I will pay for your ticket. And if you don't have a good time, you don't have to pay me back. And I would just sort of like trap them in that. And that worked for a few people. And eventually, like my other friends would like enter the lottery and just, you know, because you're in New York and you're going to see shows pretty often. Like eventually people were like, Ryan talks nonstop about this. I'm going to go see it. And then I would get like a call after, you know, at like 11 o'clock when the show would let out. People would be like, you were not kidding. I cannot believe this. And we would have like a long in-depth conversation about it. But usually i get into arguments about this with people who like know cats well like i like other like theater people who are like wait you actually like cats and there's this like level of like snootiness that comes with like the 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 conversation and that's my favorite i love nothing more than like trapping somebody who like thinks they have an opinion about cats into a conversation with me and just like you know going like high school debate club hard against like whatever preconceived notions they have about it and that's so that was when i started this my biggest fear was is that i was going to anger some like legitimate Broadway person yeah, with my parody that this is, you know, cause I'm breaking down the plot. I still, yeah. we can talk about everything else all day. I, I couldn't tell you anything about the dance moves, the tap dancing, any of the numbers, any of the, you know, singing. I just, sure. it was impressive. Yep. I know I can't do it. 
and that's the extent of it. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you about how it was written now yes. and how I would have maybe crafted stories different and how I can interpret it, which um, has been very fun. But also uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the day to, to really anger. I've had a few people uh, argue back with me okay. um, through DMs and other stuff of like, you're wrong. And then I, I love that. Counter... How could you be wrong about cats? Oh, I mean, I guess it depends on what your opinion is, but it just feels like it's totally up to whoever's perceiving it. Uh, agreed. I mean, my main point is that I think Grizabelle shouldn't have died at the end. We'll get to that because so, I disagree yeah. with you on this point. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to jump to that too quickly. So I want to talk about the plot. I, I, I want to talk about the plot too. But I want to hear what your like, what your take. If someone said, "Hey, I'm not going unless you explain what I'm going to watch." Okay. How would you describe it to them? Um, I would tell people that. Um, I mean, I would probably tell people the truth that like you're going to show up and the show's going to begin and it's all overture. It's 100 percent a musical consisting of cats singing like self-referential songs about which cat among them is the best. And whichever cat wins this like cat contest gets rocketed to the moon and dies. Perfect. I mean, that's 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 right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Right. Like it's like a ritual sacrifice enacted yearly by these cats and um, and the best cat, the cat who wins um, is immediately upon winning sent to the moon and dies like that's that's what i'll give them typically and then they'll ask me questions because that seems like a completely unrealistic type of things but i'm like basically no it is it is the voice but for cats okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The more I've thought about like where my frame of reference came is when I walked out, I kept saying it was America's Got Talent or The X Factor. And then I was like, oh, I watched Leona Lewis, who was on The X Factor, which is probably why I kept that's, saying that. That's amazing. That is so meta. I wonder if it ever occurred to her that she was like in like a jellical version of her own history. I've been I've reached out to her many times. She ignores me every time. If I uh, ever amass enough star power to like get her on please. the podcast, like Resident, I will ask her these questions. Please try to get her here. I've asked every single 2016 revival cast member too saying hey if, uh, if she's free I, yeah. I would love to know her take on this um, but that's to me it was a very meta version of that yeah. um, and that was kind of my original joke when I saw it was that I'm watching the X Factor and I've got the winner already yeah. performing you know the the hit song but it's a you know it's a dark version of that you know it's like America's Got Talent you win a million dollars in a Vegas show and here it's like you get to die yeah like you get released from the crucible of life but it's also as an author, is it isn't it missing a lot of normal story arc pieces for you? Like there's I mean, the movie kind of made McCavity the you know, the antagonist. That's but I never got that in the in the two times I saw it on on stage. I never pieced that together at all. I was just like, oh, this is a very again, aggressively sexual song. 
Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until like later when I watched it to research that, you know, that character that I was like, oh, this is probably either a domestic abuse type of situation or some Fifty Shades of Grey type of stuff going on. But again, like I would have never I, you could have put that show in front of me a hundred times. I don't think I've ever would have pieced that together. Yeah, I yeah, as an author approaching this, like you could never assemble a story like this because it's just it's completely missing like actual plot or really like stakes or any of that like the whole show is literally that it's just like just overture it's just like all introductions and then suddenly you like hit intermission and you're like oh my god the show never actually began like i remember having that sensation of like oh my god like we're 20 minutes into this and i'm still learning about like main characters like where are we going from here like what's gonna happen i was like trying to keep track of everybody and you just have to let go you have to like let go and let god and let cats and like yeah, no, the the thing that I love about it is it's so completely absent of all like the major trappings or like mechanics of a traditional narrative, but still, at least for me, tends to have like a pretty, um, like I think it still delivers an actual resolution in like a, a really sort of important way. And I think it does so in a really like atypical way for people who are used to like a three act structure, beginning, middle and end, rising action, all of that fun stuff. Like it doesn't have any of that somehow and yet still resolves, which I think is like quite phenomenal. And that's part of where I struggled because my favorite type of TV show is sitcom to where it's like, I know exactly what I'm getting in 25 minutes. Yeah, you're like A plot and your B plot. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Um, And this was the opposite of that. Yeah, wait. Okay, interesting. So you so you're like, okay, this doesn't have typical structure. You still have commentary on like the resolution and like how it should have turned out. Yes, because I so I mean. Let's let's not overstate how this the the genesis of this podcast happened, which was a a one line joke to a friend that turned into this. But but I do the more I like started thinking about it, I was like that mm. wasn't like it's memory's a great song. It's like you know it's get someone gets to belt it out. It's so fun. But I was like great song. when I left, the only song I really was singing for the next like week was Mungo Jerry and Ripple Teaser. Incredible. And I was like this was so fun. And I was like if they're really just doing a competition show, like. Are, was that really the best one? Like Rum Tug Tugger puts on a good performance. Mr. Masafwis puts on a good performance. There's a an actual train being built. I'm like, you know, what's why are we going to reward one song with uh, a winner? So, okay, but this is truly operating from like the premise that like we are attending like Cat's X Factor. And then you're also assuming the criteria by which they're like rating each other. And they're actually, it's not even like, it's not a catmocracy, right? Like it's, it's, it's old dudes. Like he's a dictator. He's a dictator, right? Like it's his choice. So you have to think about Simon Cowell. He is the Simon Cowell, right? Like he makes or breaks a cat's career and or lifespan. And it's his criteria that I think you need to think from. Like it's not about who's the most impressive. And I think that's what all of the cats misunderstand and why Grizabella, potentially the least impressive cat, ends up like nabbing the victory in the end. But I think what you just said is exactly why I think my answer is right. Now, I, okay. I, if I was redoing my order, I probably the most convincing story is Gus. Gus. That, Team Gus is the is the most convincing group out there. Okay. I argued that it should be Mr. Mustafawis and Rum Tug Tugger together as Tug Stafawis or Tug Offawis, kind of like Bert and Ernie-ish. And if you watch The X Factor, I'm pretty sure One Direction, mm-hmm. uh, Fifth Harmony, a couple mm-hmm. of these others were put together by Sam Cal. They were to win, and they are the biggest hits. So I really think, even with your own argument, I still am right. No, I don't think you are because. I'm not arguing that we're going for like a hit factory. Like we're not going, we're not sending cats to the Heaviside Lair to perform and make money and records. We're sending them to the Heaviside Lair because they have earned another life. And I think 
everybody everybody here's okay here's the thorough line of like my thesis and you can tell me if you can actually rebuke this everyone in cats except for grisabella she's the one exception they are singing a song that is like deeply naive self-referential and self-involved and i don't think that they've lived a life like that is commendable or really a life that like has earned them a chance at like a new life they have so much left to learn and left to sort of give and they're showing you that by like these like incredible performances but only grisabella who has left the jellicle like coven seen the world and like come back who's really like experienced things and who manages to sing the single song in the show that's not like deeply infested with like like cat's lore like jellical lore only she has seen like i think enough of the world to sort of earn the second chance and like the second life and that's why she gets picked that's why she has basically earned death okay i i think you could make that same argument for gus 95 percent of it i don't think so but i i get where you're coming from i i do think that there is a an I made an argument for her. I did an episode. It kind of hurt me to do it, but I, so I did make the argument. <laughs> what was your um, argument for her? Well, like what what was your reason? So same kind of similar rationale that she by it's a redemption story, and mm. those do well. And you know, like I've watching current America's Got Talent. There's always a story. There's always a backstory, and anybody who has a redemption mm. story always does well yep. and gets through. But you've got to. You know, match it with the talent and so yep. she that's where i said that if i'm going to make the argument it's that she's got a powerful redemption story mm-hmm. was pretty famous went and became a prostitute that like that's why i think where she went off that seems to be the consensus is she went to be yep. a prostitute is now coming back um and now you you're getting to watch the redemption story which gets to win that would be why i would say yeah maybe okay i would i would do that it's not as fun of an angle to take but mm-hmm. i can i could argue it yeah, I can I can see I guess I don't see her returning as like redemption. And I okay, which is I think weird to say cuz obviously for watching the show like she is redeemed in the eyes of like the cats who are like now going to like sort of welcome her back and she kind of has to to earn that. But I think it's more like she she comes back and and teaches them something about like the larger world and like the larger experience of life having been someone who has left sort of the very insular community that they're all like so captivated with. Like they're all so self-obsessed and like, you know, looking at one another and they're all so self-involved that like suddenly this like agent comes in and like, it's like the sudden like ventilation yeah. for like the cat's community, which is why like, I don't, I don't see her. I mean like, and I get like they fear her, but I don't know. I don't necessarily see her that arc is like redemptive. Although I can definitely appreciate that point of view. That's I, I just kept thinking it's Lindsay Lohan or Britney Spears if there's oh the redemption. Oh my god! That's who's, where. Who's who? No, no, like either one. That's like okay. that is the that's the path. Like there was superstar, st- yeah. like had everything, went off the rails. Yeah. And then if they ever came back and all of a sudden you know had Mean Girls two or whatever you know right. that's that would be the right. arc of Grizabella. You know what? You're right. Like, yeah. And I mean, I think that within that is sort of a commentary about like what we do to like starlets, right? As like a culture, like they're like, they're they're, like these like consumable things that just like totally burn out. And then we're shocked and horrified when they don't do well thereafter. And we sort of abandon them, which I feel like the the Jellicoe cats did to to Grizabella. She went off and like sort of had her life. But I think she got the one thing that no one else has except for Deuteronomy, which is like a sense of wisdom as after having like lived through and like sort of survived like you know, all of these different lives. And and that's why she kind of comes back, like basically bearing perspective. Um, and I think that's why, that's what sets her apart, at least in my mind, from all the other cats. 
And the reason I don't think Gus sits like in the pocket of that reasoning is because Gus's all of his experience is in theater. It's in like a pretend life that has taken place completely mm. within the world of the Jellicles, like the lore, the heroes that he's talking about, the battles. It's all deeply entrenched in like the Jellicle point of view. He's never moved beyond it. And he's only sort of trapped in reliving it. That's not the same as Grizabella. The way you're explaining it feels a little bit like the Jellicles are like the Amish and Grizabella left for, and then for her came like back, Lump Sprig and, Lump <laughs> yeah. and now yeah. it, like that's why she's going to be rewarded. I do. I, I think I think that's true. And I think that like Deuteronomy sort of basically saves himself like a potential risk factor by getting rid of her because like she comes back and like she's redeemed and people are suddenly listening to her and like the cult and immediately he kills her. Like that's smart for him to do because he doesn't want her necessarily sticking around and like infecting the youngins with like this idea of like a greater world because then he loses the base of his power, which is like fear of redemption and like reward. It's uh, you can tell you're an author. Oh, OK, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is a very it's a pretty convincing argument. I still mm-hmm. think I want one, one direction and Fifth Harmony. To but win. we don't know that two people can go to the heaviside layer at once. I mean, this is you're because changing the, the magic. Because the rules, the rules of cats are so well defined to begin well, with. Well, yeah, but you. The, <laughs> I'm like spitting now. Yeah, no, I yes, okay, fine. Like, let's all go to the heaviside layer then. Like, I don't know, but that that just seems like you're. Okay, why both though? How do they both win out? Like, what is the criteria that they're almost, both able to? So almost all of the fan fiction. It's like seventy five percent of the fan fiction is That's like a ship of the two of them. It is is the two of them being gay lovers yeah that is like almost all of the erotic fan fiction that's out there for cats it was like honestly it took me a long time to find something that was not related to that theme Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so that was you know they there's a lot to that that either brotherhood or relationship Uh or whatever that is and so i just i again i viewed him as bert and ernie yeah and i think that that's uh that is rewarding you can see kind of their own parallels and that's that was my favorite you know as i researched everything and started to look through this that was my favorite kind of just whole thing that came together it was two of my favorite performances too they're just like really fun to watch really kind of entertaining which i feel like if i'm look the america's got talent has been won by multiple dog related shows like it's not always the best and most talented (sighs) that wins it's what wins the fan favorite and Mm -hmm. so that's also too why i was like if i'm voting memory might not pull out the heartstrings for everybody and i yeah. think that you know the the when the the lines open for voting in you know in america you might end up with the two over the top sexual acts yeah it depends who has a cell phone though i feel like if you really like sat like yeah i think that like cosmetically the like big acts especially mr mistopheles but he's my favorite um like stand to gain like the the biggest applause right but this is not an applause meter right like again i think if we're looking at like emotional resonance, I actually think Grizabella sort of still takes the cake because she's the only one singing about like an adult theme. Uh, and, and you know, and I think that like that song is like so deeply resonant. It's, it's, there's a reason why it's the only song that seems to like sort of like escape this like weird membrane that encases all of cats and that like people know memory, they just don't know cats. And I think that it's because that song like is so, so deeply resonant. So I actually think that that would make a case for why like adults across the board and the elderly would vote for Isabella if we're gonna go with this like America's Got Talent style like yeah, if we, ball. If we are sticking with that as the yeah, one we're gonna extend that lens to look at. That's that's the other part that, that a lot of people will argue is that I'm looking at it too much in the X Factor. 
I don't think you're looking. I mean, if that's how you interpret it, like if that's if that's how cats comes to you, then I'm not going to defy that. <laughs> but I would actually like go along with that and say, even even with that premise, if I accept that premise, like I actually still think Rosabella is the right cat. Okay. And you I know why we... she's the right cat? Oh my god! Listen, listen. Leona Lewis won her competition by singing incredible ballads like. Bleeding Love is like her best song, I think. And then she went on to play Grisabella, Bleeding Love, Memory have like a lot in common. Like, I think she is the perfect case as to why Grisabella would actually be the winning cat because Leona Lewis was the winning cat. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can I can concede that there is a very valid case for Grisabella. OK, all right. But I've devoted <laughs> 20 plus episodes so yeah. far to argue why it's not i'm not i'm not working on you i'm working on like the person listening to this that's never no. thought about it so i i it's mostly that person that i have in mind i'm not looking to to totally knock you down on this i actually think you have a lot of good reasons too truth be told i never really thought about who would have won i actually love to think about what like the fallout of this victory would be and like what cats 2 would focus on and i think it would be like you know the next year of basically cats grappling with like the, this usurper that like came in from the distance and the horizon and like what happens next like i would love i would love to like write that story eventually so what's what's your yeah what's your take on cats 2 mm, okay so i think that if i wrote cats 2 or if i was interested in a story about cats 2 it would be from the point of view of someone who follows grisabella back someone who's like worried about her and who's part of her life in like Paris or wherever she is, like either like a friend or like a client or like who knows what, but basically someone who like cares a lot about her sensed that like there was this like interior sunsetting happening in her where she was like, I must return to like, you know, where it all began and they follow her back, but they get back right after she's been sacrificed and they now have to basically like, you know, they're part of it. They can't leave because they've sort of found this like great secret through tracking their friend and they have to like learn about like, the jellical ways and like this process and they they end up like talking with the people who like deeply resent grisabella people who like deeply respect her and revere her and like they're bringing to it like our perspective of like well this is all deeply fucked up you understand but like no one no one within the jellical circle like gets it and i think that that would be like an amazing conversation to have like in the world of cats but still between cats i like it i have a different angle that i'm taking okay i'm, cats I'm all ears let me hear. Um, I kind of teased a little bit in my episode with Peter because Peter's, I think, um, pretty much only a 2016 revival cat and kind of a yeah. very weird cat in the first place. But there is a rumor that there's a baby Grisabella, which is an ensemble character that mm. is in the very first dance. So that and then the fact that it was Peter, which would I, I kind of joked was the you know St. Peter, is I think she goes to the heavy side layer and you get a ghost of, ghost of like cat's mispass would be the angle I would take. And she comes oh. back with Peter – and they're in the first dance number, but then you kind of get to see, I think you do the inverse mm. of what the cat currently is. She gets to see all the lives she ruined in year two because she got picked and they didn't and all the aftermath of that. Oh, so like, so, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, this begs the question of like, what's beyond the heaviside layer? Like, where does she, where she go? And like, we think she gets reborn, but like, what cat can attest to that? Yeah, we don't like who, know. We who can prove it? it. It could be like, they could get turned into cat food and it could be like a cloud atlas scenario. We don't know. So it's her, it's her and Peter, and they're coming back, and they're doing cat by cat. What's happening yeah. now in their lives? Is she is she a ghost? Is she a ghost, or is she like the baby Grisabella in the beginning? So I think you you know without spoiling the ending, you okay, know you okay, could okay. you could have you could have her be reborn. You could have her 
realize that that she was not the right choice and wants to go back. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can you could end this. It just depends mm. on what cats to you know how much of a sequel do you want to make it? Is it going to be more like Ocean's Twelve or is it going to be more like <laughs> right. you know a different sequel? Right. We could do it like the Jurassic Park franchise in which every movie is exactly the same. Like we just keep making the same yeah. mistake. Like that could, that could be, I mean, they've been very successful with that. So we could do the same thing. Oh my God. What if Grisabella goes to the Heaviside layer and like the, the moon or whatever their like deity is like sends her back and she's reborn into the body of like Mungo Jerry. And like, that's the life that she gets to live. Basically she Ooh. has to live every single cat's life until she becomes like, the moon itself right like this like all-seeing perspective so you're writing like 20 movies now (laughs) well we we'd like speed it up because that would get tedious there's like so many cats and like what is she gonna do but it would be like every episode she's like living the life or attending to the life of like a different cat sort of failing right because she was successful so maybe she sort of has to like take that with her i don't know i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot maybe groundhog's day where she wakes up as a different cat every day Right, Groundhog's Day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or maybe as like one of the cockroaches from like the Jenny Annie Dots number. Like, there's <laughs> infinite possibilities. <laughs> okay, I uh, we've we've debated my main thesis. Uh, mm-hmm. We've written Cats two. We've written mm-hmm. Cats two, three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear a couple quick things. Who would you want to be? Who would you want to play if you were playing uh, in, the, uh, in the show? Um, I I think I would want to play. Mr. Mistopheles, because I like the idea that it's not clear if there's like real magic to what he does or if it's like just like showmanship. And also that role's like incredibly like athletic and Ricky in the revival has an amazing ass. And I would like to think that I too would have an amazing <laughs> ass if given the chance to play Mr. Mistopheles. Okay. Favorite song. Ooh. I think I think the first song. Um, what is it? Hold on, what is it? The one where they—it's like the first song about like "Welcome to the Jellicle Ball" or whatever. Um, I think it's it, just called the Jellicle Ball, right? I was listening to Cats earlier, and I'm sure that I have it up still. But yeah, it's like whatever. Like the first one, which is like "Practical Cats Despect," like that. That song I think is so wild, and it achieves so much in like like such a short amount of time, but also like manages to tell you absolutely nothing about like what's about to happen. Like I love that song. That I might listen be to it all the time. The naming of the cats. Is no, it's the it one is? right before. It's the right one right before. before it. okay. Yeah, yeah, where they're like marching around. Someone hits a high C. Like I don't know. I I do love like opening numbers in general, and that's sort of like the opening number. I also like. I really I dig memory. I really dig memory, specifically memory sung by Mammy Paris, who's the who the Grizabella that I saw. Mammy, is it Mammy? Is that how you Mammy. say her yeah, yeah, she was yeah. awesome. I, I did talk with her. Incredible. She, yeah. I got to see her in the because I saw the first one I saw was Leon Lewis. The second one I saw was her. Yeah, and she was amazing. It was one of the most incredible, astounding performances I've ever seen. So when I listen to that song, I specifically seek out like clips of her doing it. There's one from like the Macy's Day Parade, and it's like a Thanksgiving themed like cats performance. And I cannot tell you how many times I've watched specifically that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Which cat would you want to be quarantined with if you were stuck oh, in it? No. Um how do people answer this? Have has anyone else had to answer this? Have you like I've had a few people that have answered, but there's I there's a lot it's a wide range of choices. It's a wide range of choices. Um I think I would have to go with Rum Tum Tugger. Not because I have like this like weird attraction to him, but just because he seems like fun and someone that I feel like I feel like he's like an extroverted introvert. Like after he's done performing and like doing his thing, he probably just likes to like sit back and chill and like watch anime. And that's very much my vibe. 
that so that's uh, it's interesting you say that because I think I'm the inverse version of that for the same reason, which is why okay. I want Bust for Jones because I know I'm going to eat well. Yeah, I think he's probably a little bit more outgoing than he shows off. Yeah, and so we'd probably have some some good bourbon and drinks and food and everything and just kind of hang out and he'd be a I, fun person to chat with. I think he'd be fun. I think he'd have good stories. I would just worry about like like sharing snacks and like territoriality. He doesn't seem to be someone who like exercises a lot of restraint. In fact, it seems like a, like a character trait of his that like, he'll just eat whatever. And I can just tell you if I like opened up a can of Pringles that I was really looking forward to, and it was like three Pringles left, it, there would, it, it would be a massacre. It would be a murder. Be, yeah. They'd be gone. Cat guts everywhere. Yeah. He would, I would send him right to the jello, to the, to the have a side layer. If you know what I mean? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, all right. So I think we've covered everything. I'm looking through here. Mm. Um, I think we covered every single thing that I wanted to ask you. So I guess let, let me ask you the important questions, which is how do we stay in touch with you on social media? How do we get your book? Like, mm. tell, uh, the, so tell the listeners. If you haven't had like enough of this, I talk about cats all the time. So if I truly like you. Should, if you want more of this, let me know. I, it's something I love talking about. Um, but you can find me on Twitter. I'm mostly on Twitter at Ryality, R-Y-A-L-I-T-Y. Honestly, if you Google Ryan Lasala, there's not many of us. So I'll probably come up. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I've got an Instagram. I make YouTube videos. Probably do need to make a YouTube video about cats because... Again, the narrative structure of it, I think, is very specific. It needs to be talked about. Um, and my book, Reverie, came out in December 2019, so you can pick that up. I've got a second book called Bedazzled coming out in January 2021, which is about um, two ex-boyfriends who are taking out their breakup over a competitive arts and crafts competition. So if you like costuming or any of that, or like cosplay, it's about cosplay, um, that book would be for you. And I've got other books that are in the works that uh, I think will appeal to many Cats fans. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, any any parting cat's words for, for the listeners? You can't break the fourth wall because it's a podcast, but what's your, you know, give us the Judy Dench, Dench ending. Give me the Judy Dench ending. Um, Do what you can to suppress the curve of coronavirus because my number one priority in life is getting to go back to cats in person. And I think there's nothing that is as like substantial and like foundationally shaking as like seeing that in person with someone who's never seen it before if you ever get the chance to like trick someone into going to see cats like absolutely please do that so in the meantime stay safe stay well but we have to do our best to not succumb to a pandemic in part because i need to go see cats again in person it's very important that i do that at least a couple more times at least yeah i mean i was really planning on going three more times this year and you know at that rate i'm not i'm never gonna make my goal so please yeah. think of me <laughs> Amazing. Um, thank you again. And yeah. for everyone else to follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died or check us out on our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.